What's going on, LSM leaders? For the next few minutes, we're going to be talking a little bit about the why and the how of shepherding your students. So that term shepherding is something that we have used at our church, um, I'm pretty sure, ever since the beginning of Legacy, um, just for a way for us to think maybe in a biblical term of what we do when people start to pull away from the church a little bit, when they start to drift, when they start to um, not show up, um, attending worship services or whatever that looks like in that season of that person, um, because it's really a Bible term. I mean, we see all through Scripture that Jesus calls Peter to, to shepherd, right? We see that in John chapter 21 where he's having this amazing conversation with Peter and he says, hey, Peter, I want you to go feed my sheep. Um, uh, Acts 20 verse 28 says, be on guard for yourselves for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. First uh, Peter 5 2 says to shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not f- for sordid gain, but with eagerness, encouraging pastors and leaders in the church to be looking out for people that are there, to be on guard for people that are pulling away um, from worship and, and not showing up to group and, and, and whatever that looked like for those guys back in the early church days. But for us, it's like when, when students drop off of coming out Wednesdays or they're not coming on Sundays at all um, and their families maybe, especially if there are members um, for sure, that they start to pull away. It's our job, not just as pastors, but as group leaders, um, as really shepherds of our small groups to, to be investigating that a little bit and to be um and to do the work of, of shepherding. And really the heart of this is Jesus' heart, right? Like we see this in, in, in Luke where, where um, Jesus shares that parable of, of Jesus like our shepherd um, leaving the 99 for the one, that one sheep that goes off on its, on its own. And that's really what we want to have the heart of as life group leaders. Um, for If you're an adult life group leader, for those in your group, but also for the students that are in your, your LSM life group, um, it's to have that heart that we just want to keep these these kids a part of the flock, that we don't want them to to slip through the cracks and to to wander off on their own into danger. Um, and, and whether you work at the church or not, like that's our calling. This is what we do as leaders. And, and so for you, when you're thinking about, man, who's my flock? Like who is it that I'm responsible for? It's those kiddos that, that, that are regular attenders in your small group. So the way that we have, um, we code that in like our database getting super kind of nerdy is if a student has come uh, to your small group three or more times throughout this semester in our database, then they get added to a shepherding report that gets sent to you every other week. Um, if they don't show up, um, after another three weeks, if that makes sense. So they, they have to come three weeks throughout the span of really a year for us to consider them regular attenders because we don't have church membership for LSM. Um, but if they stop coming after uh, three weeks, they'll start showing up on that shepherding report that gets sent to you. Um, and and the, the big reason we send that to you, one, is just to keep it top of mind, to help do a little bit of that work for you. Because if you're anything like me, you put your head down and you focus on what's right in front of you and you just forget, like, oh my gosh, that kid hasn't been here in a month. Like, I haven't even thought about it. Um, and, and maybe sometimes you do and other times you don't. But the, the shepherding report is there that gets emailed to you um, to help keep these students that are that are maybe drifting a little bit or just in, in a season of life where they can't attend as much. Maybe that's not because they don't want to be there or for whatever reason. But a lot of times we don't know that just from seeing them not showing up. So that's why um, we do what are, are called shepherding touch points. Um, so you might be looking at that roster. You may get that report and say, "Okay, there's six kids that are a part of my that are connected to our small group here at the church that that haven't been here for a while. Like, how do I how do I tackle this? Like, how do I actually make a shepherding touch point?" 
Um, and it de- sort of depends on the type of group that you run and, and, and the situation. So uh, our ask is that for, for students that are eighth grade and younger, that our primary shepherding is not, not one-on-one with you, with the students over text, as much as it is through the parents. So we want to ask that you would do shepherding um, to that student's parents for your middle schoolers. Um, there are some exceptions to this if you have a really close relationship with that student and their family, if they're members here at the church, but especially with our fringe students where they're, we may not have relationships with their parents. Like, um, We want to um, uh, just be very sensitive about um, just reaching out to those students personally and really be trying to engage the parents as much as possible. Um but, uh, and it's not just like when they get into high school, we just are going to be chatting with students. We want it to be um, both. Uh, and so for ninth through 12th graders, we have a lot more freedom to, to interact with those students more individually. But we also want to be engaging and getting to know those parents um, as well. Uh, and that's one of our F5 checklist items, right, is to have a, have a parent connection for us to, to be connected to that family. Um, and especially if students become unresponsive, so that the more unresponsive students get that, that are connected to our group regularly, that are in our shepherding process, um, we really want to start leaning into getting to maybe chatting with mom and dad or whoever their guardian is and saying, hey, what's going on at home? We haven't seen your student in a while. We would love to have them back, but I would just love to, to hear a little bit of your heart, like how we can be encouraging them. How are they doing spiritually right now? Um, if you're not having any of those conversations with any of the parents in your group, um, I have heard that that is the, really the number one thing that our parents love, um, especially from our members, is to have you guys as leaders reach out to the, them as parents and say, I'm here to serve you in discipling your student. Like, that's your job biblically. Um, we know that. That's what we teach at our church. But um, we just want to help support you as a parent in raising up your child. And we're so thankful that they come to LSM and you know, that are connected to our, our, our spiritual family here, but how can we support you? And, and that shepherding touch point um, goes a long way because especially when students pull out, pull away from the point where they might not be texting you back or they might not be here very often, um, it's really the parents that have um, the most influence in their child's life, and, and we just want to support them and, and, and be a resource to parents in that way. But when it comes to actually the tactical, like, okay, how do I actually make a shepherding touch point, um, you have a couple options. I say call, text, or in person for the most part. I guess you could email a parent or a kid as well, but um, the, my three that I almost always do is to either call, text, or have an in-person conversation. So the call is kind of old school. I mean, and most of the time in our culture, talking to people on the phone is like either really serious or super personal. Like you, you probably won't just call somebody randomly that you're not like really close with. And I think a lot of people um, screen phone calls that way and won't be as responsive, especially if they're for some more French students where you don't know their parents very well. Not that they won't appreciate it, but I, th- I think the, the better approach and my preferred method is to, have, to, to engage in a texting conversation first and then line up a call through texting later. So I'll, I'll send a few texts back and forth and I'll ask, hey, if you'd like to, I'd love to connect with you over the phone. Um, do you have some time later this week that we could line something up? Um, that's been really effective at, at, at leading into just better, higher quality phone calls um, that are less awkward um, because they already know it's coming. You're not just calling them out of the blue. You're not just jumping into their life when they're busy on the road thinking it could be an emergency. And it can be kind of jarring to call without setting that up ahead of time. So I think that's the best is to text first um, and then leading into a phone call or if you could text and lead into an in-person conversation, Uh, especially with our members' kids. Just be on the lookout on Sunday morning. Like if you see that kid that you haven't seen in a while, like going up to them. I know some of you guys um, as leaders do such an amazing job of this. Like every time you see a student that might not be at LSM all the time or or really showing up anymore, um, that you go out of your way just to to go up and make that student stay. Say, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How you doing? Um, You know, and not, not guilt trip them 
them for not being there, but just engage with them in person. Um, or maybe if you see that student's parents, just just try to lean in and ask a couple curious questions about, hey, how's your student doing? I haven't seen them for a while. Would love to hear a little update on, on what's going on in their world. So um, the next thing is to just to try to get at the heart of the why of why they're not coming. Um, and this is difficult because a lot of people, I don't mean this in a bad way, they just aren't always forthright about that. Students will give you excuses, parents will give you excuses, or they'll maybe paint a better picture, or maybe a worse picture, depending on who you talk to. But I think for a lot of students, it's 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 a number of things. One, it could be priorities. It's just that LSM, not that they maybe don't want to go, it's just not the really highest priority in their life right now. Um, a lot of that's due to busyness. I mean, our kids are so filled to the brim with things that some of them they control, but a lot of them they don't, especially our kids that don't drive. Um, you know, they may they might live across town and be in multiple sports and activities, and um, or they may be struggling in school and, and their their grades are dipping, so they're they're struggling with that. Like, there's all these different reasons for why kids get busy and have different priorities. But for other students, it's a lack of desire, right? They might just not like coming, and that's um, that's something to talk about. And it's good if you can get to the point where you can find out really the heart behind why students are not coming. Um, that's huge. But the the biggest one that I see outside of busyness. Um, in most situations is, is really just a lack of connection. A lot of kids just say, I enjoy going. I know it's good to go. Um, or parents will give us this feedback. Um, I, I, my student likes to attend for the worship part of it, but they just don't really have strong connections right now. Um, and it's just the same as adults coming to church and leaving churches and, um, you know, getting in and out of different spiritual families and groups. It's just, it's, a, it's so much about connection. It's so much about the relationships that we can build and, or the lack thereof. And, that, that, that help people stay. So the stickier our community can be and the more fun students can have and the more genuine connections they can have with peers and with you guys as leaders, um, the higher likelihood of them staying and sticking around. So um, it's just helpful to go in with, with asking some questions, even internally before you go into the conversation, whether you ask that outright or not, and just try to answer the question of why um, they may be pulling away from the, from the community. Um, but to wrap this up, I just want to share a couple things is, um, things to remember. The first one is think about your heart behind this and our heart is in ministry. It's not to, it's not to just have full small groups and to see our LSM numbers grow just to arbitrarily grow. Our heart is to have the heart of a shepherd is for, for their betterment, for their growth, to keep them a part of a spiritual family that can care for them and love them and walk through life with them. I mean, our, our, our goal as a team is to just make sure that every student knows how much they are loved and cared for by God first um, and by his church and, and their families second and third. Um, that's what we want these students to know, um, knowing that they're not going to be totally spiritually mature by the time they graduate from our ministry, knowing that life is messy and they're going to be, they're going to have sin in their life and things aren't going to be perfect. But what we want them to know is how much God loves them. Uh, a couple other things just as uh, maybe some tips and some some big encouragements is to want to have a caution that we never want to shame students for not coming to LSM. And I mean this really seriously. I've heard conversations um, and I've had so many conversations with, with adults over the years with students of, of how they got so shamed and, and just guilted and not going and, and made fun of almost by, by adults in the church or peers or leaders and, and small group leaders and Sunday school teachers for for. Um, maybe being at a place in their life where they were just asking questions and and wrestling with what they believed and, and I, we just never want to have that culture at, at at our church of shaming students for not being there because there are times 
um, yes, for a challenging rebuke where students that maybe know better that, that you might have a close relationship with, where we want to call them up and want to challenge them and say, hey, God has more for you than what you're doing right now. Um, I just want to challenge you to, to step up to the plate um, and lean into what God is calling you to do, leaning into worship, leaning into leaning into the mission that Jesus is asking you to do and, and, and love his church and, love his, and make a commitment to be here. But that's a lot different of a conversation um, than almost embarrassing students for not being there very often, um, which is uh, an almost surefire way to, to encourage them to not continue to not go um, by them feeling that that shame from us. So we really believe like that's God's job to con- to compel them. Like we, we saw that scripture um, in First Peter, just to not lead out of compulsion, um, you know, out of um, anything aggressive. We don't want to be aggressive leaders. We want to be kind leaders that want to um, compel students through our kindness and through our care. Um, the next is that students, um, they just slip through the cracks if we don't keep up with this. I know it's one more thing in our busy lives to just um, keep these shepherding touch points as a part of our monthly or maybe kind of bi-weekly rhythm. But I just really want to encourage you guys to make a commitment to saying, I will reach out to these students and these parents um, every time I get that shepherding report because um, it's really important what we do. And, and, and it's so easy to let time go by and students slip through the cracks in our ministry if we don't um, step up as life group leaders to just encourage them. Um, and you never know what one text or what one phone call could make. That could be life-changing for a parent. That could be life-changing for a student to get them connected back to the church. Um, another one is just to be consistent and, and, uh, and a little persistent, is to not stop trying even if students seem unresponsive. Um, I think the answer, instead of saying, okay, I've reached out to them three times, I'm never going to text them again, or their parent, is to just taper back and say, maybe not every single time, um, every week or, or every other week, but maybe just say, hey, I'm going to commit once a month or once every six weeks and, and just just widen that, but be consistent over the long haul. Um, I have story after story of students that that seem to not care, that seem to not want to be engaged, that, that got connected through us not quitting on reaching out to them and not quitting because God works in students' lives in different ways and at different times, and you never know the season of life that a student is going to need to have our church family that's going to be in their life. Um, maybe coming out of a season of great brokenness and sin, maybe coming out of a season of just being wayward and doing their own thing. It's us being there for the long haul that gives them a, an anchor and a spiritual family that, that God has provided for them to, 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 to connect to. So be consistent, um, even when they're unresponsive. Uh, next is to be genuine. I think kids will sense that. I think if we, um, if they know that we really are reaching out because we care and we communicate that really simply, um, not over the top, but just genuinely, kids will kids will feel that, and they'll they'll really respect you for your genuine care, um, and they won't forget you reaching out. I mean, I, I really believe that. I, I think I've had a number of conversations with students who have graduated from our ministry who were really in a hard place in high school, and they've come back later and said, "Hey, thanks for being there for me." Even I know I was a tough kid. I know I wasn't the easiest high school kid to work with, and um, and, and we appreciate that, of course. But at the same time, we say it's not about that. It's about us just reminding you how much God loved you and how much we we cared for you um, because the students won't forget that even um, years later uh, when they're maybe um, wrestling with getting back into the church or um, or, or whatever that, that might that might be. Uh, and, and last but not least is to keep pursuing students with that, that heart of compassion that Jesus had. Uh, I mean, when I think about my life, like how much Jesus has pursued me um, when seasons when I wanted him and mostly when I didn't. That, hey, I love that scripture in 2 Timothy that says when... When we're faithless, that God is faithful. 
um, when we don't even want God, that he stay, He still chases us, that he still comes after us, and that he uh, doesn't ever quit. And sometimes he gives us space, and he lets us do our own thing, but he never leaves us or abandons us, um, and he never has forsaken us. And we just want to have that same heart with our kids, to, to love them, to have compassion for them, and to pursue them the way that Jesus is pursuing them. Um, with, as scripture tells us, with grace upon grace, um, to have uh, heaps of grace for them and when they're challenging um, for their families and parents when things aren't ideal. Um, because you never know that you may be the one and only person or one of the few people in their life that never gave up on them and saw the potential in them and, and want to encourage them, push them towards following Jesus. So thanks for listening for this. Um, taking a few minutes out of your day. Uh, stay up on those shepherding touch points. If you have any questions on on um, how to make those calls more personally, if you get in a sticky situation, let me know. Would love to help you um, have contact with parents as, as needed um, because it's out of these shepherding calls and touch points that we can really change some lives and see God work in an amazing way. Thank you so much and have a great day.